Today on Fintech Unfiltered, we're here today with Ben Shack, the head of U.S. Digital Partnerships at BMO Harris Bank in Chicago. His work focuses on identifying everything from fintech startups, accelerators, and tech incubators for the bank to partner with. Thank you for being with us today, Ben. Thanks for having me. So I was just hoping if you could give me an overall view of how does your team at BMO Harris work with fintech accelerators and what does that work entail to learn more about how you guys can partner with them? Sure. So we look at a wide range of potential partnerships, everything from early stage technology companies and fintechs to growth stage and later stage larger firms. And then we also look at accelerators and incubators as intermediaries who can help us find the best firms to work with, um, who can help us gain access to new ideas and who can help us, you know, connect with the right firms at the right times. Uh, And I would say the same for venture capital firms as well as sort of intermediaries in the market where we look at them as as others who can help us find the, the partners who are going to be best for us to work with. So I think you asked specifically about incubators and accelerators. We have a few that we work with. In Toronto, our parent company, BMO Financial Group, works with a couple of organizations there. One of them is uh, called DMZ, where we recently ran a small business challenge competition. And here in Chicago, a great example is our work with 1871, where we run an annual innovation program where we build a small cohort of startups that we part or that we uh, take through a mentorship process and, and hope to or try to partner with down the road. Um, and then we're also a member of the INB FinTech Accelerator, which is a multi-bank model, which again is a source of ideas for us and an opportunity to connect with more promising early stage firms. And could you give me an overview of what 1871 is? And I saw online that there's the BMO 1871 Innovation Program. And if you could give me an outline of that as well. Yes, of course. So for those who are not uh, familiar with the Chicago technology scene, so 1871 is, I believe, the largest technology incubator in Chicagoland, certainly, if not the Midwest. Uh, and they are highly ranked worldwide and, and in the country as well. So they are really a co-working space, support community, creator of connections, um, and other, otherwise a, a kind of world-class enabler of tech startups. Um, we work with 1871 in a few different ways, but one is the BMO 1871 Innovation Program, which I touched on um, very lightly a moment ago. So for the BMO 1871 Innovation Program, we've done three cohorts now, one cohort per year, and we build a small cohort of startups who are interesting for our business in some way. And we vary the themes and the target criteria slightly from year to year, depending on what we're after in terms of strategy at that time. But generally, it is an opportunity to find startups who might be able to complement our capabilities in some way or help us reach a new pool of customers that we're interested in or who might just be doing something that's innovative and interesting that we want to um, be part of. And so what we do is we build that small group of firms, generally five to seven firms per year, 
and we pair them with senior bank mentors who are knowledgeable about the challenges that are um, that that startup is facing, and you know, knowledgeable about what they're trying to do. So, if it's a lending-related startup, you would imagine uh, that we would pair them with people in our lending organization primarily, and they'll go through a process that's really about whatever the startup needs. So, if the startup is is really early and they're in the phase of figuring out the product market fit and really what exactly they want to build and how they want to build it, then will engage with them in one way. If they are well down the path and are figuring out how to uh, partner with large corporate organizations or how to think about compliance for a financial product or how to think about risk management, you know, those are things that, um, that we're happy to help with. And then we also provide them with some amount of what we think of as core curriculum that really any company that hopes to partner with large corporates would uh, would benefit from. So that would be um, things around, imagine information security or compliance or risk management or uh, sourcing or supplier management. You know, what is it going to take for you to partner with a large company? We'll absolutely work on those things as well. Um, in addition to that, we try to create connections primarily with investors that might be helpful for the business. And then they're also able to take advantage of 1871's expertise and their facilities and their curriculum while they're in the program. So we kind of do everything we can to wrap our arms around those companies and help them along for the period of time that they're with us in the program. And I think it's uh, safe to say that these new companies gain a lot from partnering with a bank, especially like BMO Harris. But what does BMO Harris gain from working with these startups? Um, well, first of all, I, I hope what you said is true. <laughs> we we do try to be entrepreneur friendly and we try to provide as much value as we can. For us, there's a few things. One is about, I mentioned earlier, it's about access to new ideas and the ability to build relationships with promising companies very early on. Um, you know, you, uh, you, depending on which set of reports you read and, and what your view of the fintech world is, you know, you might believe that there's a scarcity of quality partners out there or there will be a scarcity of quality partners out there. And so we think there's some value in identifying great firms early and engaging with them in a way that's about more than just being a buyer and a seller. So part of it is about that early access to the firms themselves and to, um, and to the ideas and to the innovation. Part of it is about increasing the odds of really being able to work with them. So if we're talking about companies that are, say, seed stage or, or maybe even before seed, um, generally speaking, there's a lot that would have to happen for them to be able to partner with any large financial institution. And what we found is if we engage with them first in this mentorship-type capacity, then we think it increases the odds that we'll be able to work together because we can help them kind of get up to uh, the place where maybe they need to be in terms of some of the non-functionals or in terms of um, kind of being enterprise-ready. And if we can help them get ready outside of a sales cycle and outside of a um, of a of a true assessment process, you know, before any agreements have been made or or even discussed, um, then that you know puts them in a better position to be able to engage with us later when the time is right. And then the final thing I would say is, you know, for us, it's it's also a really good way to 
generate a proof point and tell our story about our commitment to entrepreneurship, our commitment to small businesses, um, our commitment to the innovation ecosystem in the markets that matter to us. Um, certainly, you know, we view that as part of our DNA and part of our purpose as an organization, and this is a great way for us to demonstrate that and not just talk about it, but really do something about it. And in the past few years that you've been working with this program, are there any companies that you were really excited to work with? Or could you give any examples of a partnership that you think went very well and now that company is doing really interesting things at FinTech? Yeah, for sure. So I think the best example to talk about is probably our partnership with Spring 4. Um, so Spring 4 is a... Um, they're a relatively young company. They're not a startup startup, but they are small. Um, they're a relatively young company headquartered here in Chicago. They maintain a database of vetted not-for-profit and government agencies that can help people with their financial health. So generally, these are trusted organizations that can help people find a job or can help people save money in different ways. And they're not trying to be the the Google or the Yellow Pages of not-for-profits. They really limit it to the organizations that um, that they're able to check on and make sure that those are high-quality organizations and they really keep that data clean so that um, everything in there is really a trusted resource. Uh, what Spring4 does is they go to market by selling to generally financial institutions, um, often lenders, who then make these financial health resources available to their customers, including those customers who might be having a financial challenge in their lives. Uh, so a, a common use case in the way that we work with Spring4 is through our collections contact center, where now, in addition to doing everything that we have to do to um, to you know collect on debt in a way that is uh, ethical and compliant. In addition to doing that, we're also now able to offer help to our customers in the form of these trusted resources and referrals that we have access to through the Spring4 system. Um, and there's other ways that, uh, that the system's deployed as well, but that's one way. We also offer it directly to not just our customers, but anybody um, through our website as well. And so really what Spring4 has done is changed the way in many ways that we're engaging with our customers, our customers who are kind of at a moment of truth in their financial life and really changed the nature of that interaction and the way that we're engaging with them for the better, uh, certainly. Um, so, you know, that's Spring 4. That's how we're working with Spring 4. And we met them through our mentorship program, through the, the first year of the BMO 1871 innovation program. So they they came to us as a as a well-defined company and a well-defined offer, but uh, where we were able to help them, I think, is in helping them think about more ways to deploy their product, um, more ways to tell the story about the value, uh, and more ways to create value with the product, and then also help them with, you know, what does it take to get through sales cycles and assessment processes for larger institutions, and what should you highlight, you know, how might you... Um, think about evaluating your product roadmap with that sort of a lens. Um, and we, uh, we've we 
developed a, an excellent relationship with Spring 4 that I think we've both gotten a lot out of, kind of all stemming out of this program. So it's it's been one really good example for us. And from what I understand, um, BMO Harris also works with companies that are in their, like in the late stage, not just seed stage or seed round as well. So do you have any examples of kind of companies that have come to you in the later stage? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I talked about... Um, our work with incubators and accelerators as being a good way to engage with those companies who are really on the earlier end. But we at BMO and specifically within our partnership team, we do spend a lot of time looking at opportunities and crafting partnerships with later stage technology companies as well, big techs and fintechs alike. Um, one good example there, I would say, is our work with Blend, who is a San Francisco-based technology company that is focused on uh, primarily on digital account opening and they really started with mortgage as their their first main use case and blend is now powering the BMO digital mortgage uh, and home equity application processes um, and so with blend you know they have other large institutions who are also uh, their customers and partners at this point you know, it hasn't been about mentorship with them, but it is still relatively early days for that company. And so, you know, we think of it as more than just buying a product. Um, we also think of it as, you know, an opportunity to grow together um, and to improve and strengthen the product for, you know, for Blend's benefit as a company and for ours and for our customers especially as well. Uh, and we're a strategic investor with Blend in addition to that. So that, I think, is a, a great example of a partnership that is, you know, with somebody who is pretty far along in their in their evolution as a company, but where we've been able to partner in a way that, again, is about more than just buying a product from a from a vendor. Um, it's it's something more than that, and that's something we think about when we think about, you know, using the a, a term like partnership at all. And I'd like to know, uh, does BMO Harris take equity in these companies, and if so, how does it do that? as a general rule so there's um, there's nothing about our partnership strategy or the things we do through the mentorship program that um, that requires us or sets the expectation that will that will take equity in any company um, we you know have the ability certainly to place investments with the companies that we partner with um, but it's not something that we do by you know that we do by default or anything and in your years helping run this program and working with these fintechs in different stages of their development, is there a trend that you've noticed on, say, a specific problem or problem area that fintech companies, at least in the Midwest, are trying to solve? Or hmm. issues that, or social issues that they seem to be focusing on a lot in the last few years? I do think there is a meaningful trend around financial inclusion and financial health that the fintechs have a lot to say about. And it's I wouldn't limit it to Midwest. I would say that this is probably a global phenomenon or at least a national one, is there are many companies, and Spring 4 is, is one of them in a way, that um, – you know they're they're for-profit enterprises. They're growth stage they're growth stage companies who are um, who are trying to do well commercially, but they do have you know a very serious social plank to their mission or a social component to their mission or their business that seems to be showing up an awful lot. So if you think about 
lenders, whether that's credit card or unsecured lenders. You know, there are a, a good number of businesses out there that are focused on how do we lend to underserved communities? Um, how do we serve to, or how do we serve customers who might have a, a thin file or no file from a credit perspective? Um, or looking at it another way, if you think about the um, mortgage and home buying trends in the U.S., there are a handful of companies out there who are focused on how do I help people save for that first home or how do I make a mortgage more affordable for them. Um, and then on the, um, on the banking and savings side as well, you know, there are companies out there that are helping people um, save in more and more ways, whether it's automated savings or it's uh, structured savings or it's savings that has a credit builder component to it. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot out there in the world of fintech that is happening around financial inclusion and financial health that I think is really interesting. Uh, do you have an example of any companies that BMO Harris has worked with that has tried to tackle financial inclusion in the last few years? So we only have a, a handful of active partnerships that really speak to financial health. One of them was, would certainly be Spring 4 that I mentioned earlier. But through our mentorship program, the one that we run with 1871, we've had the opportunity to engage with a number of companies who are focused on financial health and financial inclusion, uh, whether or not we have gone on to partner with them kind of as a separate matter. Uh, so a couple good examples there. Last year in cohort two of our program, we worked with uh, an innovative company called SafeRate, who is trying to bring some innovation to the mortgage product. And so what they've developed is a mortgage product where the interest rate on the mortgage actually varies with the value of homes in the, uh, in the zip code of the borrower. So basically, the idea is if the value of your home goes down, then your mortgage payment should go down as well, and thus give you a better chance of, of staying in your home and staying current on your mortgage. And so safe rate is still in early days, but I think it's a really interesting idea and a great example of a company who is focused on financial inclusion um, and bringing really some fresh thinking and innovation to, uh, to financial services in that way. Well, thank you so much, Ben. I uh, really appreciated hearing more about BMO Harris from you. And yeah, thank you for taking the time. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me.